this week's episode of Chopping Wood Inside Podcast, the Twin Peaks podcast for conspiracy theorists and aficionados. My name is Murphy. This is my loyal sidekick, Tom. Say hello. Oh, you're nice and wet. <laughs> you're back on the train. I'm back. Quippy, Peaksian <laughs> comments and yes. intros. Those are good. I like that one. Very good. Um, this is going to be a kind of a different episode. We're going to just kind of freeform it in terms of uh, the topics. We're going to go do- a deep dive into our conspiracy theories that we've accumulated up to this point through episode six. Uh, so, Tom, what do you want to start off with? Well, um, you brought up something uh, interesting um, that we have yet to talk about, and uh, that would be Richard and Linda, the clue that the yes. giant or question marks uh, gave uh Cooper, Agent Cooper, during the I like the how the episode. giant ended it like Richard and Linda. I like that a lot. That was good. Yeah. He was good. Yeah, that was good. And then I think he said two birds with one stone, if I'm not mistaken, right after mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And then Cooper said, like, I understand. Like, so he, he obviously got that clue. We don't know what it means, but we have been introduced now. Um, we're through six episodes. We've been introduced to a character named Richard Horn who we refer to as Little Dicky Horn. Um, and also in the last episode, part six, we were introduced to not a character, but a character's name, Linda, um, at the Fat Trot Trailer Park, or the new Fat Trot Trailer Park, where um, the great Harry Dean Stanton, Carl Rod, was getting into a van, and uh, some uh, local um, like tenant there asked for Beatnik. a lift. Beatnik. And, and uh, I, while they were, uh, his pants are falling down. <laughs> What's the? Talk <laughs> while they were driving away, um, they were having a conversation. Harry Dean was smoking a cigarette per you know Harry Dean's you know uh, routine for seventy five years. And uh, this character, and I can't remember his name, but uh, he mentioned Alinda. I'm guessing it was his girlfriend or his wife. I mean, it could be his sister or something. I always like thought it was like his mother. Friend. Maybe she was disabled. Like there was someone that there was like. A- I thought maybe she was sick. I think you mentioned she hasn't left the house or she's you know not doing well. There's something about Linda. She's in ill health, I think. Well, I think the whole thing was is that she's getting a new wheelchair from the government. And I think the oh, implication is. is that um, she might have been a soldier in one of the recent uh, conflicts that we've had over the last like oh, you know, 10 never, or 15 years. And possibly, I mean, that's that's what, you know, I, that's how I take it. And because Harry Dean, I think, says twice, like, fucking government, you know, it's just, it seemed. And then there was also that mention at the very end of episode six, where we're in the uh, police station. And I think the dispatcher's name is Maggie. And uh, Doris, uh, Frank Truman, Sheriff Frank Truman's Frank Truman, wife, shows up and she's, you know, a little hysterical and they're you know arguing or whatever and and chad's being chad and saying i wouldn't you know take any shit off any woman or whatever and and maggie says that um well don't don't you know that you know they they lost their son to like suicide and i think it was like after he came home from the war or something like that so i think there were two references in that episode of like younger people um they, soldiers, or they were involved in the war somehow. One of them killed themselves, and the other one um, was wounded so much so that they they need like a wheelchair. Um, so, getting back to the point is that we have two characters named Richard and Linda. Now, is this are they the Richard and Linda that the giant spoke of to Agent Cooper? Your thoughts? Yes. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's it. Well, we know that there's been several bills. Um, it could the, be doppelgangers, but I could, think that that's obvious that they are. The, I mean, that, that that's who we maybe not uh, Dickie Horn. 
he might be little Dicky Horn in real life, or he may right. you know, he may not be the Richard. But I think that Linda is a clue in how Lynch loves, uh, you know, unique, old, handicapped or disabled, strange characters. Like this could be an interesting Linda that we uh, are revealed to that has some sort of tie to the, the overall plot um, at the Fat Trout, which I like because that means more Harry Dean. That does mean more Harry Dean. But the thing, if it, this is the Richard and Linda, then um, uh, we don't. Well, obviously, we haven't met Linda. Richard Horn, you know, is this little punk kid who's obviously, you know, a horn and uh, just killed is, a kid. He just killed a kid. He's involved in. Uh, Hit run. Hit run. He's involved in the drug trade, and Linda seems like you know just you know someone who's struggling to get a new wheelchair. So if it is Richard or Linda, what's the connection between the, the two of them? Uh, that would be interesting. I I, I, I have a theory um, that um, Richard and Linda that this is not the Richard and Linda that the giant um, spoke of to Agent Cooper. I think Richard and Linda um, are a couple. I think that they're, you know, they're, you know, they, they're either a married couple or a couple that will show up um, later on down the series. Um, and I only say this because of a massive like spoiler, spoiler, which I, I think I've alluded to beforehand, um, that relates to the Palmer House. I think that Richard and Linda uh, might have something to do with the Palmer House, and that is pure speculation. But, oh, yeah, go into um, that theory. You have an interesting. Like, you, I like that theory. If we're going to well, it, it would it would entail spoilers. Are you okay with me? That's what this is all about. Everyone here is, and it's not necessarily spoilers. These these are leads that you've picked up in terms of watching all the pre production and trying to get as many nuggets of information as you can. So you come up with these theories based on some of those leads that you got. So I would say go for it, man. Right. Okay. Well, so if spoil anyone, away. Yeah. If any spoil away. Okay. Well, if anyone doesn't want to hear this, he's muted for a few minutes or whatever. But um, the uh, there's this this scene that was um, there was a, a production um, there was a, a location during the production um, at the Palmer House and it was very public. It was in public view and someone actually um, used Periscope. Um, to um, uh, tape it and transmit it like live. And it was basically a scene at the Palmer House where um, Kyle McLaughlin dressed as Agent Cooper. We don't know if it's Mr. C as Agent Cooper or Dougie, probably not Dougie, it's either one of the two, uh, shows up in a car, um, a black car with Texas license plates, and he has a companion, and that companion is played by the actress Cheryl Lee. And... Um, uh, the Laura implication, Palmer. Laura Palmer. Now, you know, she's already played Madeline Ferguson. Uh, it could be another character, but my thinking is that it's Laura Palmer because they're at the Palmer house. Well, they go to the front door and apparently Cooper like flashes his badge or whatever. And um, it's not Sarah Palmer who opens the door. It's this couple. And if I'm not mistaken, it's the couple that actually live in the house. There's this couple that lives in the house that they filmed, the, the, the Palmer house or whatever, and Lynch cast them. And they go inside the house. We don't know what happens or whatever. And then afterwards, Cooper and Cheryl Lee, you know, or Laura, we'll just refer to her as Laura, like leave. And when they're in the middle of the street, um, uh, Laura sees something, whether it's in Cooper or something else, looking back to the house or whatever, and, and, and screams the classic Cheryl Lee scream or whatever. Always that or whatever. Right. Every so scene. I think that we have not seen this scene yet. Um, and so my thinking is, is that, you know, okay, let's, let's think about this. You know, uh, Cooper has found Laura Palmer, you know, presumably, and is like, you know, bringing her back to Twin Peaks. 
back to Sarah Palmer, you know, to her home or whatever. But when they get there, Sarah's not there. It's this new couple. So that makes me think because the giant said Richard and Linda, two birds with one stone or whatever, that um, there's there's an air of mystery behind that. But um, there's there's something going on. I'm not saying it's an alternate timeline, but I'm saying that whatever they represent whether like as individuals or you know like why are they you know living in that house is very key to another mystery which which we don't know so that's where i'm going on the richard and linda i think it, it, this might be richard horn and the linda the fat trout new fat trout might be i don't say a MacGuffin, but might very well just be just two characters that have those names but have nothing to do with the actual richard and linda that the giant you know indicated to to cooper so that's my thing. Uh, yeah, it would be interesting if somehow Richard Horn is somehow tied into a giant uh, clue. But I doubt that's yeah, going to happen. Right. I think you're right. That's probably not going to happen. He's probably not to that level yet. Right. Maybe Balthazar, right. Red, the drug dealer, right. does the magic trick because he seems to have some special powers. But uh, I do think Linda may uh, – I would. Th- would you think Richard and Linda are going to be benevolent or that they are going to be bad characters? The two well, I, you know – I, 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 you know, if you asked me that point blank, I would say gray. I think, you know, maybe a little bit of both, you know, and not, um, you know, black or white or whatever. I, I don't know. Um, the one thing that's very interesting Will about, they be hosts? Will they be hosts from the lodge? It's like possible. See, that's it. Them? Because you had mentioned, I think, in a previous podcast that um, we, we had seen that scene in one of the, the, the teasers, one of the last teasers before the show aired of, of the shot of a staircase and the camera is all kind of jittery and there's some strobes or whatever. And you, yeah. Yeah. And you a thought maybe. Flashlight type stuff, something going on. Yeah. And you thought maybe that um, that looked like to you maybe the staircase at the Palmer House. And, uh, and I agree that it may, maybe very, uh, very well may be. And so maybe there is something in, in the Palmer House. Well, we, we know there is something because with the ceiling fan, Leland, Bob showing up through her window, yeah, there's, something. there's something going on there. And we know from the end of episode two that Sarah Palmer, like, you know, is lives in the house, right? Because there was, there was the establishing shot of the house and then it, it went inside and she was watching... Would it, you know, you know, nature. Yeah, and how odd that she was able to watch or would relish watching those really violent animal shows where they were two lionesses were just eating a hippo or whatever it was. That you would think that that would be the last thing she'd want to be occupying her mind with, uh, considering what happened, the demise of her. Right, and, right. But I, I also thought that um, it was very interesting, like like introducing like her character at that moment because the previous scene was was uh, Cooper after he found his way into the glass box in New York and then um, went through the, uh, the the bottom of the glass box. He was kind of shrunk down in size or whatever and then was kind of floating through space and, you know, just very chaotic or whatever. I wouldn't say then, floating. I would say careening through space. Okay, right? all right. Fa- careening, falling through space or whatever. Yeah, my poor Careening through a black hole. <laughs> that was one of the most amazing <laughs> visuals of the entire uh, season thus far. I love that shot. Right. I love so, the poster of that. That it's is fantastic. I agree. Sound design, oh man, wow. I, I, I totally but I agree. Um, but it was interesting that after that shot, they cut right to you know, Sarah Palmer, you know, and, and that scene. It's like, why put it there at that particular moment? I thought when I was watching it for the first time that Cooper was going to somehow magically appear in her house or whatever, like, you know, come down the staircase or whatever. That, that That's what I thought. Obviously, you know, that didn't happen. But... I think there's more to that scene. More, there's a reason why that um, Lynch decided to, you know, uh, put that scene there 
whether it was, you know, obviously they, they, they wrote the, the script that way or whatever, but there's a very, like, you know, uh, I think meaningful um, reason for that. And that we, I think we'll get an answer later on down the road, but it ties into, I think, you know, whoever Richard and Linda are. I'm not saying they're the, they're the couple that live in the Palmer house or whatever, but it is my theory. But uh, one other... On like an alternate timeline. Your yeah, possible. And, and this ties into what I'm, I'm about to, to say is that... Um, that when we, Coop catches up and Laura catch up to finally each other, and then they go to uh, the Palmer house to reunite with Sarah, and she's not there... At that moment, maybe uh, Cooper then realizes that he's on an alternate timeline. You know what I'm saying? Like that's maybe... very well. That very well could be true because that that is the implication is that that we know that Sarah Palmer lives there. If they go there and there's someone else living in that house or whatever, what else could it be besides a dream? Right? Yeah, because we've not seen verification really. The Dougie, I guess we have with the Buckhorn thing. You know what I mean? With the ring showing up in the Major Briggs's carcass, like that, that, that they're connected, but there is still no, no real verification that Dougie in Las Vegas and all the Rancho Rosa stuff is even happening on this timeline that's in sync with everything else that's happening. You that's know, correct. Um, yeah, that's correct. It could be and its, that's own facade, also, its own astral plane. Right. And um, I also think with, with that, as, as Dougie is slowly becoming more and more, well, it's actually Cooper, but you know, it's, it's, it's it's more fun to call him Dougie or whatever because he's acting like. Well, Dougie he is Dougie. Everyone calls him Dougie, so he's. Dougie. Well, I know. Right? You are he what really you are. Is. Yeah, so he right. is Dougie's. But I mean, he but he looks like Agent Cooper. I mean, he's got you know the haircut, and now he's got the black suit again. But uh, my thinking too, and I think I mentioned this to you when we were talking on the phone or whatever, is that at some point Mr. C is going to get out of that uh, federal prison in, in South Dakota, and I, I don't know how that is going to unfold, but it would be very interesting. Is if like you know he does that you know he you know gets gets a haircut and a shave or whatever and puts on the black suit and we have two Coopers that look exactly the same and we don't know at any given point which one we're, we're following and especially if they return to Twin Peaks that could be an interesting that would be very interesting Act yeah. Three kind of development right and I right. do think that Sarah Palmer is going to pop up in Act Three of this this like she yeah. does in everything she's always popping up she's like a right. soothsayer or something well she's what was the, her line in, in the final episode of the second season of the original series when she was going Dale is in the lodge or something what the what the fuck did she say I think she said I'm in the Black Lodge with Agent Cooper with and Agent Cooper you don't know who said it because it kind of like morphs into voice voice distortion yeah. Like, but I think I read somewhere that um, on the awesome. closed captioning, it says it's Wyndham Earl that says that. Oh, yeah. But she oh. said that message to so Major she channeled Briggs. Earl. The Earl, either she channeled Earl or, or she Earl channeled her. Or yeah, one or the her. other, right? And then she told, she, she relayed the message to to Major yeah. Briggs, and, uh, and well, she's I'm, got powers though, and I think she is going to help like get get the good coop back into the lodge or whatever it is having to fight off the bad guys the evil coop and the jeffries and the billionaire and whomever else may be coming for the 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 precious whatever the precious is which we think has to do with coordinates and you know maybe it's another glass and Bray grove type place that's you know maybe like uh, you know major briggs discovered he was looking for something right do you think he was always looking for the portal into the black lodge that we know is to be glass and Bray grove or was there something else out there that they were searching for because my purpose presupposition is like what what if he found that and then that right. was why he was killed that the evil cooper found that oh he found the hellgate or the one that was the Glastonbury grove is like a back door so it's not the major thoroughfare into the lodge or to the power to, to conjure whatever power this is you know that there may be something else out there 
Well, the show in the second season, um, after he like disappears when they went night fishing, he tell or before that he disappears, um, he tells Agent Cooper, um, "Have you ever heard of the White Lodge?" And then Cooper goes, "Hmm, interesting. I'd like to hear." It. And then he has to go take a piss, and then that's when we see the dweller on the threshold or whatever that shadow. Doesn't he figure. say something more than just like, "Have you ever heard of the White Lodge?" Like he says something, right? Like little, I think that's it. No, I uh, think I thought he had one more sentence there. Where he gave he me might, a but like uh, it is a passageway into a land of. Tremendous power. He, he, he you, you might be right. I don't recall. I know he at least said that. Well, he disappears, and then he shows up like two days later, back at home, and he's like in you know some flight gear from like 1918 or something like that. <laughs> and uh, and he tells uh, Truman and Cooper, and I can't remember if Hawk was there or not or whatever. That he believes that he was taken to the White Lodge because don't we have that intro into whatever that episode is? Um, where he's, he's sitting on the throne, like right. going through space, careening through space, kind of like uh, a little bit, and he's he's got like a garland of like you know flowers or like leaves on his head, like some sort of like Julius Caesar type thing going on. Or am I imagining that wrong? <laughs> I think you're imagining that because I think he was. In his, <laughs> I haven't seen that in a long time, but I, I imagine it being like his, having yeah. <laughs> How does, how does the reality match up to that? I think he was in his Air Force blues and he was just on that. Oh, stone on the throne? Or whatever. He, oh, he was yeah. in the Air Force. Okay, I thought he. Had I think he was. Him. I'm pretty certain that he was. Or whatever. I he was like Nero, but, like Peter Laurie is Nero in like, <laughs> some that movie from the 1950s. But what happens is, I think, is revealed a little bit later. I or I, I can't remember. Like those episodes in the later latter half of the second season are they kind of you know kind of run together a little bit. But I do know that. Um, he does say like like our mission or like what he you know what his job entails is trying to find the white lodge that that's it and then that's when his like that's uh, it so maybe that's what they found they found yeah. the white lodge an entryway into the white lodge well see, maybe I that's think, it they, i think that's what we're i think what uh, we're trying to is like, that what the bad guys are trying to do they're trying to find the entryway to the white lodge the coordinates and then blow it up with a nuclear bomb because <laughs> if you blow it up, right? You blow up Glastonbury Grove with a nuclear bomb, they ain't going to be getting to that place again. Well, bo- it'll be harder. They're so many... no, it'll be nuclear fallout. No one will be able to even go there. You know what I'm saying? Right. No, it's true. No, I mean that that's true. I mean, it's there's a good so way to get to close the lodge door. There's so many um, little facets to this because um, with with the second season, like you know, the build up. This it was this build up between like you know Earl and Cooper, and then. You know, with the chess pieces in Carolina, and then it kind of it morphed more into Blue Book and the White and the Black Lodge. Well, when they went into Owl Cave, if you remember, um, they found like Andy took the pickaxe when the owl was you know like you know flying all over the place, and he took the pickaxe and it went into the symbol and, and Owl Cave or whatever, and uh, the the rocks fell away, and they saw the Owl Cave symbol. It was this kind of like uh, lever. And it wasn't a lever, but it was this uh, metallic like handle of some sort and it, it had was very lost it was like the wheel or whatever the handle right it was very lostish and it lost had it had the uh, it had the symbol the al cave symbol or whatever well they go okay important we need to like map this out or whatever they take off well Wyndham earl shows up afterwards and he's like cackling like a madman and he goes aha and he he turns it he inverts it he turns it upside down so my That's thinking right. was, and I could be completely about wrong too. about this, and there could have been like all these thousands of people like speculate or that know the true answer, but it was my interpretation of it is that when he did that, that like that was like like turned like heads to tails. That made it like like darker or evil, the Black Lodge, because I think the White Lodge and the Black Lodge are in the same sphere, the same like 
like location, but depending on a myriad of things, and, and this this image of the owl cave, in the owl cave, that 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 um, stone or that um, handle or whatever, like if it's if it's facing one way, it's the black lodge. If you invert it, it's the white lodge. And I always interpret it as that. Well, that's what Wyndham did. He changed it to the Black Lodge. So when they went into Glastonbury Grove, Cooper and Earl, they went into the Black Lodge as opposed to the White Lodge because oh, Cooper, because Wyndham Earl wanted to go into the Black Lodge and harness that power, basically. But Major Briggs and his station in Twin Peaks, I think they were trying to find the White Lodge. And I think it is synonymous. Or I think it's the same thing, Glastonbury Grove. But with two planes of existence or whatever. I mean, so we've never seen the White Lodge ever in Twin Peaks history, have we? <laughs> this goes back to my being so pissed off. I did this Twin Peaks quiz in town. <laughs> That's right. In Austin, yeah. <laughs> in Austin. Where you live, I, yeah. I showed up and uh, I, I, I was just me. And uh, it was all these other teams. I'm not going to go into the whole story, you know, but... Um, I, I take Twin Peaks very seriously. One you the, won the contest. One okay. person against the world. There you I go. I did. Okay, happened. yes. Thank you very much. Okay, so, um, but one question was, um, is the Black Lodge and the White Lodge like the same thing? You know, is, does it look exactly the same, whatever? I think that was the, the question. And I go, like, it was true or false? And I said, well, false, you know, because we've never seen the Black, we've never seen the White Lodge. And then they said, no, it's true. Like, the, the Black Lodge and the White Lodge are the same. And I go, well, well why? Tell them, give me, and they couldn't give me an answer. <laughs> yeah, they're like, In a giant pub when everyone's like drinking. <laughs> right. You're like, why? Oh, why? I did. I channeled my inner Michael Keaton or whatever, and I, I kind of freaked out a little bit. Really, Bobby know, Briggs. Yeah. But, okay, so I did some, like, investigating or whatever, research or whatever, and uh, apparently, but I don't think this is entirely true or whatever, but in Fire Walk With Me, at the end, when Laura sees her angel and she's with Cooper, that apparently is the White Lodge. It's not the Black Lodge. That's what people think or whatever. Well, and that's I, what they I, think. I don't think that's true. That doesn't make any sense. I say it's poo because Well, because she, like, you know, she's dead. Because they want to make you feel... Well, there's an angel there, so that's why. There's an angel, right? Yeah, so it's like, okay, the interpretation Just wait, is, hold, keep the hold the camera on that another two minutes after the camera is off at the end of that. That angel will turn into a demon. I, I don't trust the angel. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> right. So I called, like, you know... Manufactured. That, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, it also I, came off of her painting in her room. You know what I'm saying? She would stare. Well, at no, but that painting is a different room. It was we've never seen that in the Black Lodge. That was. Um, I mean, it turned. No, into, but wasn't there a painting of angels like on her wall, and then an angel disappeared? In yeah. Fire Walk with Me. I think that was the angel, right? The dis- was it an angel disappeared, then it showed up in the, the lodge with her? Well, yeah, the ain't that. But that I never painting, thought. I still never thought that was the White Lodge. No, that painting on her wall is an angel, and it's like uh, she's serving food to, I think, some children. And then at, at the, the night that she dies, she looks at the painting, and the angel, like, dissolves away. And that's like, you know, you know, and it goes back to, like, you know, if you've watched The Missing Pieces, there's a scene at the, the Hayward home where, where uh, Dr. Hayward tells Laura about, you know, the angels will come for you, and, and you'll weep for joy. He built in this in, in the narrative of, of the angels, the goodness, like Laura having an angel, and the angel disappeared on the night that she died. And then when she was in the train car, the angel appeared, but it saved Renette, and Laura was was murdered. And then Laura winds up in, I don't think it's the White Lodge, but that's what, and sees her angel, and that's her happy ending, you know. But I always thought that is as, as like, like a purgatory a bit of revisionist history to me. Retconning, put, my friend. Put the good, retconning. Yeah, put a little retcon. <laughs> nice little snappy bow on that one. But I'm not so, sure we've ever seen the White Lodge. But I agree. I would like to see some White Lodge action in this uh, incarnation, the next uh, you know, 12 episodes. That would be – what are the odds that, that – what, what are the Vegas odds we're going to see any White Lodge? 
in this uh well, we Seriously. might have already seen the White Lodge in that first scene with Cooper and the Giant. Oh, that's right. It was in black and white. It was totally different. It had carpet. Yep. It was totally. It was furnished completely differently. And he said, you know, they're in our house now, which means you could imply that they're in the White Lodge. Like so that that, that so that uh, so let me get this straight. So you're saying there's the red room. The Giant can come hang out in the Black Lodge, but he can also he's got his own little like pied a tear in the White Lodge where like Cooper comes over and they play mahjong. <laughs> And like you know, drink coffee and talk about old times, and then he goes back into the black lodge to like to you know haunt or you know fuck people in the head, do some head fucking, and you know damn people to eternal you know damn fire through these portals that crash to the ground and just send you into other time realities. It's like it is kind of like one level. I think of like the the vision of Twin Peaks like through David Lynch's head now is like kind of like Inception, and there's multiple levels of reality that we're dealing with and that we've seen. You know the red room and the the black lodge supposedly, but we've also seen, you know, you know the, the astral plane, and then maybe this Dougie reality could be a whole nother level of the Inception ladder, uh, and then a fifth, you know, four, you know Twin Peaks, uh, the actual you know real time. So I still I think I, I'm I'm at least starting to form that visual in my head that maybe we are dealing with multiple levels on this uh, roller coaster of insanity we're on. Well, yeah, one of the things that um, we talked about before the show aired and we were speculating, one of the big things, and we, I, we mentioned this in a, a previous podcast about how we thought that the murder of Laura Palmer you know, would, would have been like kind of swept up under the carpet and uh, we thought maybe the younger generation would like, you know, would they, would they, Bob would be like a like a, a boogeyman that would be whispered and you'd go into the woods and, oh, Bob's going to get you. We thought that they would maybe go that route somewhat. Um, but another thing we talked about, um, you and I talked about, but we didn't mention on a podcast, was that we thought that um, like the, the Cooper like escaping or leaving the lodge would not be like like simple. Like I, we didn't think that you know when you know they they revealed the show to us that it would be very simple of like of like Laura saying like hey, you can go out now. I mean, she actually said that, but it was obviously it was more difficult for him to leave. What we thought actually was that with a bigger budget and like, you know, more time and, and being able to create like a whole like, you know, universe, you know, over the last, they haven't been thinking about it for 25 years. But when they were, when Lynch and Frost were conceiving this, we thought we speculated perhaps that we would see more of the Black Lodge other than what, you know, is perceived as the waiting room, like the Chevron pattern you know, floor and the curtains that Cooper, like for 25 years, I don't think he would be just sitting in a chair and waiting for some kind of like, you know, ghostly presence to come in and speak backwards and give him a riddle. Yeah, at least we thought, stretch, you know, get up and stretch a little bit. Yeah. You know, right. Do some, <laughs> right. Do some yoga. Yeah. Right. Some Tai Chi. We thought what he would be doing perhaps is like going from room to room or whatever. And over time that he would discover like different rooms and it would be like different scenes. And we thought maybe that they would somehow replicate like the real world, but it wouldn't be the real world or whatever. It would just be like maybe the past like or the future because we have well, maybe that. Maybe we still know, have a chance of that because if you think of Well, like, I'm leading up to something. Six. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. Oh, no, no. Just, I'm sorry. I was, th- but th- I was just thinking about the visual. Just think about the visual image of the ladder he's been drawing, you know, and going on the ladders in episode three. He was drawing a ladder on the insurance documents. So that kind of ties into this journey you're talking about him making and transcending through different planes of reality. I agree. I agree that that there's something with the, those you know childish scribblings that, as I think like Bushnell uh, mentioned or whatever, but they, they seem to be like ladders or stairs 
um, on almost yeah, every like case file, and it shoots in ladders. If you had the uh, t- the black hole, he flies falls through. He shoots ladder stairs. That's true. That's, them all. that's true. So, um, but okay. So what I was like with what I was talking about with Cooper's maybe journey, you know, through the Black Lodge, which you know obviously was just speculation or whatever. But what if like one of those like you know like realities or rooms which isn't a room it's it's like you know it's it's a location it looks like you know like a uh, you know real world setting or whatever what if it is like you know the rancho rosa or a version of like las vegas or whatever because we know at rancho rosa there's something like you know off about that there's something you know the first time we see it dougie we're introduced to dougie who looks just like you know kama glocklin looks like agent cooper or whatever but is someone named dougie jones and he's with jade you know, the world's nicest prostitute or whatever, and he's wearing the Owl Cave ring, you know, and we've had subsequent scenes in um, uh, in you know, Rancho Rosa and, you know, outside in Vegas proper or whatever, but there's been all these references to, like, okay, Mr. Dreamweaver, or, like, still off in Dreamland, Dougie. Yeah, one of your spells again. One of your spells, episodes, all these things here or whatever. It's just... For me, it, it, I'm thinking it, it may be more to it than um, than just like you know it just seeming on the surface of well okay it's just Vegas and that's where Cooper went through the you know number three or he went through number three the circuit board in the the purple room and wound up in in that home or whatever that I, I'm thinking that I'm not saying it's the Black Lodge or another but I'm thinking it's not necessarily an alternate timeline it's just is it future is it past there might be something more to it than than meets the eye. Well, obviously, it's a place where you can, you know, where Dougie was manufactured and created, and a place where Coop, a portal where he could come from the lodge into this joint. It's called Rancho Rosa, you know, so it's like it could be like a middle ground between the, the Black Lodge and the White Lodge or the Black Lodge in, in real time, you know. Um, it could the be. Lodge, um, the Pink Lodge, the White Lodge, the Black Lodge. You had that point. Lodge, that was, yeah, yeah, and the Black Lodge is really red. It's the color red, and then White Lodge is white. What's the middle? Pink is a mixture of white and red. Maybe that's right. it. They keep showing just, the sign enough. They do, and it's the name of the production company. I just don't think that like uh, Dougie was manufactured like like Frankenstein, like overnight with these bits and pieces, and they, they, they fit the owl cave ring on him, and it was like, okay. I mean, the implication, not the implication, but the – uh, what we're seeing is is that you know he you know he had he had a life you know he has a family he has a job you know he has he's a prostitute <laughs> I mean he's got you know obligations <laughs> he has a car I'm sure he's got a mortgage all this stuff so it's more than that the, the manufact that's why I'm having a really 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 not hard time but um, subscribing to that that you know notion that. Okay, Mr. C manufactured Dougie. Like, let's okay, let's put it in a you know, little box and wrap it up. Okay, and, and move on. He was made. Well, how was he manufactured? When was he? Why does he look like you know? Well, think of it this way: it goes back to the kind of the weaponization of Bob. Maybe someone manufactured him in an attempt to weaponize Bob, but they just got a dud. It's like making a missile. The missile <laughs> a is a dud. A, He's a dud. dud Cooper. That's it's great. a dud Cooper attempt to weaponize. And the, what are you gonna do with him now? He's out there. So let him go. Just use him as bait. No, that's all you can do. Is use how come, he's how come you weren't in the Lynch Frost writing room? That's what the writer's room. I they mean, wouldn't let me. I knocked on the door. I would go up there every morning, bring a lot of coffee, just like that kid in episode uh, six or five, whatever it was. And uh, he would just say, get out. You what, again. Was it because you were out. wearing the, the Bob 360? I hate t-shirt? Sumatra. And he would just spit at my face. And then I would <laughs> walk home. With my no, that's – uh, I think there – I mean that's all very interesting and quite comical. I just – I think there's more to it. I think that um, – 
I, I don't know. I mean, it would make sense if, like, the Dougie um, storyline is an alternate timeline where, you know, um, you know, it's, it's somehow, and then somehow Mr. C was somehow able to tap into that and, and man, you give him the ring, which maybe had some powers that, you know, made it real or allowed Yeah, that's him. the weirdest thing is that he had the fucking ring on. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that usually connotes, he's like a made man in the mafia, in the Black Lodge Mafia when you got that thing on, or something, or at least a disciple. You're a victim, got some I think, brains. with the ring, right? Yeah, yeah, or a victim, but you're in on it, you know? He yeah. just seems like a complete dunce. I've come to realize that <laughs> over the six episodes that this guy was, like, really a complete idiot in real life and he would have these spells so he would kind of go off and he was kind of like uh, you know he's kind of like the, the village idiot I think you know so I think that's how I would take him now is that that's why everyone gives him a lot of leeway is because he was like the comic foil village idiot you know uh, in real life and I think maybe he would even have visionary moments or something if he would go off into spells perhaps episodes he would be having some vision from the lodge or from his creator right if he's some Frankensteinian right. type getting messages from the the virtual bad coop machine that he's got carrying around his briefcase. <laughs> but he's an idiot. That's the thing. I look at him as like Lenny from LA Law. He's well, you know, there's a LA great Law. there's the um there's the um the scene in the last episode or whatever where um is it is it, I keep can't remember is it Ike or is it Spike? Is it Spike the Ike? Ike, or Ike the Spike. Ike the Spike. Because he's Ike uh-huh. and he's got a spike, so he's Ike the Spike. Get it? Okay, all right. I, I, no, I'll get it eventually. Maybe not. It now, is kind of. I, I can see how I could be confused. I don't know. Spike. He just looks like a spike to me. I think is what it is, and maybe an ice pick. I don't think that was his real name, Tom. I think that was his character's name. Just. Oh, 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 really? Okay. (laughs) Ike the spike. So he's like, "That's weird. Your name is Ike the spike, and I'm casting Ike the spike. You're hired." Maybe that did happen. I don't know. So when he uh, when we're introduced to Ike the spike, and you know he gets the uh, the mysterious envelope with the black circle on it. And uh, the first photograph is the warrior, the woman, and he actually knocks her off. The second photo is of Dougie. That photo of Dougie, Dougie. I would love, love that, that photo, photo blown up. Do you, I mean, it's like no, no, it's he's, a great photo. It's it looks a fat. Great... He's kind of like belching. He just had a big meal for lunch. He's probably <laughs> just had sex with Jade. He's about to go into a spell, and he's losing his belt, and he's you know about to his car. It's, it's so a great, shot great. Of him in life, just being a complete idiot. I want that. I want it signed by Ike the Spike, actually. But oh, real quick before I forget. In um, blood. <laughs> in blood. Signed in blood. Get it? I'm, it's I know it's good. It's very good. I think um, the spy didn't really work for me, honestly. I thought the murder was a little bit too over. It was a little too much. And she yeah. also, the actress looked like she was kind of smiling. Like she kind of was smiling at the end. I needed more, like a more horror face. I would say I would cut that. Get another smile, but it also was very violent. But um, you know, I like the spike. I like as a character, and I'm sure we'll see him again. The what I didn't like, actually, it kind of made me hurt, was to watch him grind that fucking ice pick yeah. into her heart and yeah. dig it around like she's ferreting out truffles like a fucking pig. It was really, oh my god! It was like, ugh, that was really wasn't the grotesque part was. But yeah, uh, the 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 problem not that problem, but um, my my criticism of that scene was it just wasn't really interesting visually. Um, to me, it's like it was too bright, and I understand sometimes in like horror movies, like the, the you know, especially like a Halloween, like you know, when you have a killer like stalking someone during the daytime, sometimes it's more effective, you know, in the bright light. You know, evil can happen at any time. But for some reason, that scene, uh, and, and even on subsequent viewings or whatever, it's just not very interesting visually to me, except for that the the part where he's actually on top of her. And yeah, he's grinding. mixing the batter. I like the place. Yeah. Mixing. He's like he's mixing he's batter mixing with your heart and batter, ice pick. It's right. horrible. But that was that was what was I was watching and going. Oh my god! Yeah, like right, and then going after the other woman who just like walked by on accident, and she's doomed. 
It was horrifying. Yeah, and he kind of had like kind of some simian movement movements or whatever, where he like, you know, he his his actual rhythm, his pace, his walking. Whatever. It kind of reminded me teeth? of the, oh, the teeth, right? Yeah, it reminded me a little bit of like the David Patrick Kelly and and uh, uh, Wild at Heart when he was doing the. Yeah, I mean, well, he's he got a system that, going. But... He may be a rich man soon because he's been playing the dice game and writing down his results. Uh, That's so right. He's probably cracked the. Uh, maybe he's maybe he's a Lodgian character who can bend time and win money at casinos maybe all the lodge characters like maybe bob has had a great run in vegas like you know if you have superpowers perhaps all of them stop <laughs> off at vegas and get some money right that would do it or do you yeah, think so the lodge spirits aren't because dougie no, was no. pretty unlucky in real life it seems like before cooper showed up right i agree i i, I totally agree one thing i want to uh, mention before i forget um is that i always thought like i originally thought that like, dougie was like a real estate agent because they were in that subdivision which of Rancho Rosa, which doesn't seem like very populated. Um, and uh, he, his outfits, he looked like he worked for like Century Twenty One or something like that. But obviously now we know that he isn't in real estate. He works for Lucky Seven Insurance Company. Who's the but, fuck? Whose house was that then? Well, that's what I, that's what I'm getting at. Is that I think that that was like that was that wasn't like I think it was a, a vacant house or whatever. But I think that was Jade. I think that was Jade's like go to place because. If you remember house? when they leave her fuck house, when they leave or whatever, um, she's the one who locks the door. Now he doesn't have any keys, remember, because she has oh. to drive him well, to the silver Well, you think she would Mustang. have used it since then, right? She would have. I guess she's stayed away, but uh, well, used it, but um, you she know, would have I noticed that his car was sitting there for three days or how many days it was. Well, that's true. It could be one of many or whatever, but but basically, it's, I always associated it with Dougie, like that was his fuck house. But I think it's Jade's fuck house. I mean, I think. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. It's not any big mystery, but it's a little. Well, I never thought of that. It didn't occur to me yet because I did think he was a real estate agent. But now, whose house is that? Or why do we keep going back to it? And that's the only connection to Rancho Rosa, right? Everything else is built around that house. And and one one nine, right? The drugged out mother. Yeah, that's weird. If you think about Rancho Rosa being Dougie's, like being a some sort of portal to the other, like he lives with his wife with Janie E in a whole different part of town. Right, so that's man. This is there's a lot of which is also got ca- call back to he lives on Lancelot Court, and there's Merlin's Market, which is Merlin nearby. Lane, yeah, Merlin, or I think it's yeah, and then yeah, Merlin's Market. And doesn't Janie E say when she's making the the at noon thirty she's meeting the the you know the 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 muscle for whoever you know Dougie owes money to at like I think it's like Merlin and Guinevere. So there's all these kind of like references to King Arthur or whatever, and Glastonbury Grove, I believe, is. Like the, as Pete Martell would say, the burial place of, or not, not Pete Martell, Pete Martell, but Cooper says it's the burial place of King Arthur. And so these are kind of like frost touches. Now, I don't know, I know he's very literate and whatnot, and a lot of his, you know, uh, narratives, his works and, and whatnot. And he's, you know, he's, uh, he's sprinkled some of this dust on Twin Peaks or whatever, but I don't think it means anything, you know, but I mean, great. Well, it but, could mean, it would kind of put a hole in our theory that the Rancho Rosa is the only spot because it could be all of Vegas that's some sort of non-reality, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but isn't that too easy to have Vegas as some kind of, you know, non-reality? I mean, it's, it's an unreal place to begin with, you know, it's it's an outlier of, of a, you know, gambling, prostitution, all the, you know, savory vices of, of, of of human nature or whatever, but um, uh, no. But, but what I wanted to say is, I'm, I'm digressing here again. But um, I wanted to. This is the um, digression episode. Go ahead. Is, you know, I wanted to talk about, and it'll lead into something bigger. Something that we really wanted to talk about was 
uh, Mr. C's what he really, really wants, and it's that Ace of Spades, and it's that whatever that um, yeah, that creepy card that, that he showed that, uh, Daria before he killed her, right? Yeah, whatever that. It's not a figure; it's some kind of. I thought it know, was a dog head, like the black dog runs at night gang or something. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean it's, but it's not like a perfect. Circle. Or the owl, like the owl. Yeah, from the owl. Cave but the ears are more dog ears, right? But I always associated with an ant. I associated oh, with an ant. Oh, that's right. Talk about that. You know, that's a very interesting theory. That's a deep dive into you know, Lynch lore. Well, how the ants? Why? Why? Why do you think ants? Tell, well, tell the ants. That. There's the you know, and we talked a little bit about this, and it's something that uh, the co-writer of Firewalk with Me, Robert Engels, he's given any number of interviews since you know fire walk with me and he he's he's spoken about like a lot of ideas that lynch and, and himself were you know like you know uh spinning when they were conceiving the story and one of the um stories and this is going on like memory or whatever going back a ways is that what they wanted to do is somehow um like introduce this element of ants into like you know, or correlate them with like the the spirits, the Black Lodge or whatever, and it was tied into um, a nuclear explosion and also um, Eisenhower watching the um, seminal episode of I Love Lucy where she gave birth to little Ricky, which apparently is was a moment in in time, and I think 1954 where the world stopped and they watched that particular episode of I Love Lucy. But he mentioned this scene of like these ants like crawling on this table or whatever, and there wasn't like an end to it. It wasn't like some big like you know um, like summation or whatever. But the implication was is that if you can tie the 50s with a decade that Lynch loves the most, and we're still seeing that to this day, though these callbacks or whatever, with a nuclear explosion uh, and with maybe ants, which he has incorporated into a lot of his paintings. He loves a lot of organic material. He likes ants because they're they're workers. You know, they they do a, you know they do a yeoman's job or whatever. But if you notice in Cole's office when we're introduced to him, you know, his office, his new office in, in Philadelphia in episode three or whatever. Um, there's two like you know paintings on the wall or not paintings but there's one like you know uh, like you know photograph blown up of a nuclear explosion um, which I'm assuming is one of the testing sites you know in the 40s or 50s and the other one is of Franz Kafka and the idea that you know you would have this massive explosion all this like you know energy this atomic energy and then on the very flip side of the office you have this Photograph this portrait of Franz Kafka, who's most well known for writing the Metamorphosis, um, about a man who turns Being into a, a bug. Bug. Yeah. So um, I don't have any like you know like answers to anything, but I do believe I really do with reading the secret history of Twin Peaks that Mark Frost wrote, and uh, kind of like you know picking up little bits and pieces here and there, some clues you know on the show and whatnot, that um, there's going to be something to do with. Um, a nuclear explosion, some kind of massive amount of energy, uh, maybe ants, um, and um, also with um, the Jack Parsons character in The Secret History, which I'm sure a lot of people don't know Jack Parsons, but Jack Parsons was a very, very, very interesting character who um, died in 1952. Actually, he was a um, he was one of the founders of the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, JPL, which I believe is still in existence he was this self-taught like scientist and this genius he was a very like striking handsome man but he got mixed up 
in um, in Aleister Crowley's cult. And Aleister Crowley's, you know, a very interesting figure because he was a this, this author and uh, kind of like, wasn't you know, he a self-proclaimed Satanist, basically. Yeah. But he wrote this book called The Moon Child, which is about like creating this uh, this this kind of I, I don't think it was an antichrist, um, but this kind of like Christ-like figure or whatever through these incantations or, or what have you or whatever but um, he, he mentions in his book Aleister Crowley and I can't I think it might be the moon child or it might be another book but he mentions like his characters reside in the Black Lodge and the White Lodge I mean it's right there it's very specific now I don't know if that's where do you think that's where Mark Frost got it from it very or well Lynch may be I don't think it was Lynch I think it was probably Frost but very well could be but the Jack Parsons character um, he died in 1952 at a, at a pretty young age or whatever um and the way that he died is he, he blew himself up accidentally. That's what has been reported or whatever. But when he, he blew himself up, he blew off like like when he was found, one of his arms was missing. That's like the one I And they, find, they found hypodermic needles like, you know, around or whatever. And he just had like this. Just like the one-armed man. Just the like the one-armed man. Well, I don't know. Well, no. But, you know, he, I think he was like opium or it's probably cocaine. Opium, morphine yeah. or something like that. But And he also had a, a magic black box. Um, that looks not very similar, but it is similar in context to the black box that we've seen in, in Buenos Aires or whatever. Well, so the point and, of this also is that is that Mark Frost included uh, Jack Parsons and Aleister Crowley in the Secret History of Twin Peaks book. Correct. And what Jack Parsons was trying to do was is one of his things was is that he was trying to create, um, I think the the Horror of Babylon, um, which goes. I don't want to bore people with all this stuff here or whatever but there's implications that 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 jack parsons went to the mojave he did go to the mojave desert in 1946 with l ron harb l ron hubbard the creator of scientology as his scribe and they tried to with through these series of incantations like create this being or whatever but there's also been speculation that what they were actually trying to do is open up a portal and there's these interesting quotes um, from like a very a variety of sources or whatever that if you read them, it, it could be, it's very similar to some of the you know mysteries of, of, of Twin Peaks and what we've seen it and maybe where things are going. A lot of stuff like one of the things that I found most interesting was that Jack Parsons, when he died, his wife carried his ashes and went to the Mojave Desert. And what she did was is that she, you know, most people sprinkle people's ashes or whatever, you know, in the ocean or some place or whatever that holds importance to the life. She sprinkled her last, uh, his ashes, uh, scattered them at the intersection of two tall power lines, which I thought was like, <laughs> That's oh, perfectly Lynch. Uh, perfect and like didn't, Lynch. Didn't, uh, who had the ring uh, in, in the Jack book? Parsons had the ring. He had he the had ring. He had the ring. Did he, he pull it off when he blew his arm ring. off? I mean, I think what happened was is that um, Dougie Milford, which is another interesting thing, right? Because Dougie Jones in Twin Peaks or whatever, um, but the character in the main character of the Secret History is Dougie Milford, who was actually a minor character in the original series. But Dougie Milford, yeah, was he the mayor's uh, old, competitive, grumpy old man brother? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, he was. Actually, he was. Yeah, um, and he died with like. Lana. He was also ran the newspaper, right? He did. That was the whole thing. Yeah, he ran the. I think it was the Twin Peaks Gazette, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and he would always write scathing articles about his brother's corrupt corruption as like the mayor. Like they had an ongoing feud for. Eight right. 
right. five years. But he also had this great, like, made-up... I mean, this is completely out of the blue. I never thought this would come from this character. But uh, Frost turned him into a very interesting character on the page. Talk about, like, him a little bit. I think that, I think the fact that him and Dougie share the same name is... You know, I don't know. Maybe not just a coincidence. Well, I, I, it, it might not be a coincidence. I mean, the whole thing with Dougie is that he was this kind of ne'er-do-well or whatever that wound up at Roswell... Uh, he was in the military or whatever, the army, and he was at Roswell when, you know, the, the crash happened in New Mexico. And he saw basically the aliens and he, his, his, he evolved into basically working uh, with the government and being involved with like Project Blue Book. And he was the first archivist. And then he handed off his, um, his job to Garland Briggs, who took it on. And then Garland Briggs was going to pass it on to Agent Cooper. He was going to be the next archivist, basically. Um, when, uh, but that, that was at the point where, um, he was, you know, possessed by Bob. And then we find out that, you know, Garland Briggs was, uh, was, he was died in a mysterious fire at his station. So there's all kinds of things here or whatever, but getting back to Jack Parsons was that I think Dougie Milford interviewed or came across an interview, uh, with Jack Parsons or whatever by someone found some like, you know, transcript of it. And that's when he was wearing the Alcave ring. I don't know if the, the you know he wrote in the book. I can't remember if he was wearing it when he blew himself up or whatever. But um, Jack Parsons, like basically, I mean, they think that people speculate that he was trying to open a portal to like an alien world when he was doing all these incantations or whatever. So my thinking is is that not that they're necessarily going to Lynch and Frost are going to go back and introduce like Jack Parsons in the 1940s or whatever, but. What he was doing in, in the real world, I think they might be using that and they, they might somehow incorporate that into this narrative because there's just too much with lodges, um, even aliens, uh, electricity, owl cave ring, uh, massive amounts of like energy that, uh, that we've seen so far in these six episodes. So that's my gut. That's where I think I'm, I'm, you know, that they might be going with things. Well, another thing that leads me to believe that there was uh, the description of the the alien monster that was in the secret history of Twin Peaks that they found in Area 51, where I believe was it Nixon, President Nixon, had gone down to Area 51, and then he, or was it in New York? I don't know where they were. No, I think it was in Florida actually. I think Florida, he was, maybe. wasn't it Jackie yeah. Gleason? Yeah, Jackie Gleason from the Honeymooners, the famous actor. <laughs> To the moon, Alice! Like, that guy was like right. came down and somehow was hanging out with Nixon, and they had uh, discovered uh, an alien spacecraft that had landed and had somehow, like, captured the being that was inside of it. Is that how it went? But uh, the deal was that I don't know how... Do you should tell the rest of the story because I think you know it better than I do. Well, I think what it was is it was the end of, like, Nixon's, like, you know, presidency. He knew he was going down or whatever, and... and uh, he was in Florida. I think that's where his retreat was or whatever. And uh, the, the way that it's written, at least how I remembered it in the secret history, was that he was drunk one night and he, he you know, called Jackie Gleason. Because Jackie Gleason, I think, really, in, in real life, was this, this, this um, not aficionado, but he was really big into, like, you know, aliens, UFOs, conspiracy theories or whatever. Yeah, had a lot of was. literature on it. And so he knew that or whatever. And he called Jackie Gleason to... Um, some place in Florida, or whatever, and I think it was like a military base. It was like an Area 51, but it wasn't Area 51. And they went deep, deep, deep underground, and they went into some kind of room, and there was some like partition. And behind the partition, it was like you know another room, and it was like very dark or whatever. And then this 
creature appeared, and it's so strikingly similar to the glass box of what was we saw. Was it in a box? It was in like a glass box of some kind. Some or maybe it was. Right? You might be right. Yeah, I might it was be, in a box. Uh, yeah. And he said something like, you want to see something weird? <laughs> yeah, no, it was something, something like, that. like that. No, I agree. Yeah, it was like that. <laughs> so, I mean, and, you know, Frost wrote this book after – you know, they had already written, you know, the series or whatever. So he, you can find nuggets and sometimes there are more than nuggets in the secret history. I mean, we've already had a call back to, you know, Lewis and Clark from Wally Brando. Now, obviously that was just a line of dialogue, but, um, you know. Um, I love the way that he described the look of terror that Jackie Gleason had on his face after he came back from seeing the box monster back in the 1950s. And they even yeah. described, they described a little bit about like how it moved and what it looked like. It does match up with the box monster, I think. It that, does, that except for the, the, the box monster, for, for me watching it, it looks like a like a moving painting of like a Francis Bacon like moving painting. You know, if you see any Francis Bacon like paintings or whatever, and I think Lynch has been heavily inspired yeah. by um, Francis Bacon. Uh, it just had that. I mean, that's it evoked that that um, feeling or image yeah. for me or whatever. And it was a woman too. It was a woman. Yeah, it was a, yeah. It, 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 well, well, no, if I, it, if didn't it, it, that's if it. Wait, go ahead. Didn't it? Like, I, I think it it had like both. Like like a female and a male torso, like it would switch, or at least it, it appeared that way to me. At one point, it looked like okay, there was like small breasts or whatever, like female breasts. But at other times, it looked like the breasts were just like maybe male breasts or whatever. I could I could be wrong, but I think it was like vacillating between both. Yeah. And you know it what's interesting? Know, it doesn't know what form to take, maybe because it sees a man and woman in front of him. Yeah, it take both forms, perhaps. You know what's interesting about that though is that. Um, and I think people have speculated, maybe you've even speculated or whatever, is that, you know, um, you know the box monster, like who is the box monster? It could be, you know, it could be the pure form of Bob. You know, it could be like an alien. It could be something. But I think some people have mentioned like Laura, right? Have you mentioned that? Yeah. No, that definitely people have thought about Laura in the, in the, uh, the uh, Twitterverse. People have been thinking that perhaps that it is because it looks like a female. And then they also thought that the, the banging on the – the, the, the satellite in space in episode three, the mother that they were referring to was also maybe Laura, which made me wonder, like, is, could Laura be mad at Cooper? Like, could she be out to get him? Like, what would be the interesting motivation behind that plot development? Yeah, I don't think so. The only way that, the only reason why I say that or think that maybe is the way that she was, you know, forcibly, you know, taken from the Black Lodge. You know, she was like, like kind of sucked, yeah, sucked that's, away. That's certainly, something to talk about. Like, what, what the hell was that? I, I, I her. yeah, I, I, and he, like Cooper had this, you know, look of like, you know, kind of horror, terror on his face, and he was looking up. We've never seen the ceiling of the Black Lodge, but and he did have that look of also quiet terror when she was whispering in his ear. She liked it. He liked it for a few seconds, and then it became scary to him what she was saying, and then she got sucked up. So. That's one little turn that she may, and I even thought when I first saw that scene in episode two, like that maybe, you know, she goes, "Do you remember me?" You know, and she kind of had a look where I didn't know if she was going to get pissed. So I think she does have that that in her to go to break bad. I agree. I don't bad. think she whispered like, you know, my father killed me, like you know she did or whatever. But I also think that she whispers a b a b negative. <laughs> I could have tested him. Maddie's really she, pissed. <laughs> she, but I also think that we're never going to find out like what she whispers because I think you know in in the original series you know we we find out but that was like a non Lynch directed episode I don't think Lynch would have ever revealed that and we've seen in Lost Highway the mystery man whispered in like Bill Pullman Fred Madison's ear we never heard that and then in Mulholland Drive 
um, at the very end, um, that woman, that dinner scene, that woman walks up to Camilla and like whispers in her ear and then kisses her. Oh, that was the girl. That was the girl, right? So Lynch has this kind of like motif or whatever where um, characters whisper in, you know, to to another and you never find out what's said. And I don't think we're going to find out what what she said to, to Cooper, but I also think that Whatever that whatever happened to her, I think that um, either I don't think it, it could be the glass box, but my my implication is is that she 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 like told Cooper that she, he could go out now, basically like the prophecy has been fulfilled. I've seen you, it's and been maybe 20. that's why she was sucked away because she wasn't supposed to tell him that. exactly. And then and something like you know like she you know is maybe paying some consequence for for, for this because we see Leland. The only time we've seen Leland so far is shortly thereafter, and he just looks like, you know, like he just killed his daughter, you know, which I mean he did, but he says, I actually forgot he that says, he was the, that he did have. And a what does he say? Game, yeah. Do you remember what he says? Like find my daughter. He says find, find Laura. Find Laura. That's it. Find yeah, her. it's like yeah. I think he knows, like she's in trouble, and that that ties into like what we were talking about the other night or whatever. Is that I really believe that, like Cooper will remember that. He, he even as Dougie, he remembered. When Jade said, like, you can go now, he flashed back to Laura saying, you can go now. I think, like, he's going to come across Laura, and I think, like, Yeah, what if that's what wakes him up? If he gets Laura right in front of him, that would wake him up. Well, I mean, yeah, one of the things that I was thinking about, I'm, I'm going on all these tangents or whatever, but it's like, I'm really struggling to, like, make sense of, like, okay, what does Lucky Seven really really like you know mean to this narrative and it's like I understand like we're seeing like Dougie's day to day we're in an office setting Lynch is able to kind of have some fun with that or whatever but I really want to believe that it's going to like actually like be a part of the narrative like there's going to be some kind of like integral piece and when he was um, looking at the case files and we saw the Black Lodge again or who at White Lodge, whoever it was, like helping him out, or if it was like you, you think maybe like within him seeing some supernatural, the the lights or whatever on the case files where he was making all those notations. My original thought was like, okay, I know Cheryl Lee's going to come back at some point. What if like you know one of these case files like leads to like someone named like Laura Palmer or maybe like a Linda someone that would lead her to Laura Palmer like she's it, they give me them clues to find exactly, her exactly like gold breadcrumbs and too. that would make like they go okay alright then I won't mind spending so much time at Lucky 7 because it was there was a reason for all this to find like someone like a Laura and, and then, Laura, then that would yeah. open things up so that's kind of where my, my that's my, compelling and rich I like that yeah so um no, I, like so the idea, I like the idea that, that Mike may show up too and be our protagonist somehow maybe inhabiting the body of Philip Jeffries and we might get to finally see Mike and maybe we have already with the well, and the yeah I think Mike head. might be not the protagonist but like the antagonist or the antagonist that, yeah yeah so. I think that like this the line I will be with Bob again like that for me that goes right back to that line when, when he says like you know when we were killing together it's like if you want to get back with Bob again, Bob isn't gonna like you know go to you know like you know Killers Anonymous or whatever. He's gonna to want to continue <laughs> killing or whatever. And if Mike wants to get back, so I think that you know Mike very well might be Mr. Balloonhead as as we've described the soot, soot man or whatever. Um, that he wants to, they want to start their you know their their killing cycle again. So um, it's all very interesting. I hope that you know. I would think I Bob think, would have a say in that. 
Like, are we gonna are we gonna see an incarnation of Bob, pure Bob, or is it gonna just be like this kind of you know, behind the veil of bad coop all the time, morphing in I, every once in a while? I don't tell. I, see pure, I think you've got. Version. I think you've got a better grasp of this, and and, and help me out with it. Um, like when when we saw that scene, you know, in um, the episode five where uh, where we see Bob, you know, in Mister C, where he looks in the mirror and it morphs in, and it was a great scene, is great shot excellent on so many fronts or whatever but before that they cut to the last episode episode 29 where we see cooper's doppelganger right appear with bob and they're maniacally laughing right yeah and so we actually see okay so so this is where i need help um we see cooper's doppelganger that that is a doppelganger like right there we see it but then we see bob independent of the doppelganger so um, is there a part of Bob in that doppelganger, or is that just the complete shadow self? I think he can come Cooper? in and out. He can come in and out just like Leland. Like you can pop in and out. You can pop in, pop out, especially in the lodge. And so you can see him in the lodge next to Leland and then pop into Leland if he wants to. I think he could pop into the doppelganger fully when he wants to. It's almost like, think of it this way he's brainwashed. Like he, or he's like, he's got, he's brainwashed Leland. He's brainwashed Lori. He's brainwashed people to do his bidding. That's what it is, kind of a brainwash. So he's like a Jim Jones, like demon entity that comes in to the house and you know when he wants to take full command. But other times, the you know Dougie and all these guys are running or Bad Cooper running on, you know Bob autopilot because they're brainwashed. They're like well, don't you think? Oh, that's good. Yeah. Don't you think also though that possibly that, and we don't know who Bob has you know um, like you know possessed in the past other than Leland and obviously Cooper or whatever, but. Cooper on his own is such a like you know like uh, potent like personality, very strong, intuitive. He's psychically like linked in. He's a seer, as he says, and you know the first season, you know he don't want to go to Sarah Palmer because he's a strong sender or whatever. That and I think that ties into why Bob wanted to possess Laura because we know Bob wanted to possess Laura is because I think she was very similar. She had the sight. Strong, There's yeah, something sure. about connecting. She inherited probably from her mother. Exactly. I agree. I agree. But if if so, now that Bob is in Cooper, that it's not. It's certainly not like Leland because Leland was like you know very very weak minded or whatever. But Cooper is very strong. That maybe Bob doesn't have as much influence over Cooper and we're seeing more of like Cooper's like shadow self. I'm not saying that Bob isn't in Cooper because we've seen Bob in Cooper, but I think that it's such a potent combination and that's what we're seeing. Like he's, he's omniscient. He's able to, you know, I mean, kill people just by rubbing their faces. (laughs) A death massage. That's that's, dude, that scene. I love that scene. That was so fucking weird. And it did just the way he shot it, and he just froze in time, just dead. Oh, <laughs> like, whoa! A great. Well, do you think that was him killing him right there, or was yes. like I think that was him did just fall over like the the soot monster Mr. Balloon had in the jail eventually? Okay, all right, right. that's interesting because I always took it like like he was almost like brainwashing him, going like, and like he was somehow trans transferring uh, transferring some like information to him like. I'm going to kill you soon, but you know. Yeah, maybe that was it too. But no, I like yours. That that, that kind of is like you know. If he I felt right that that said he killed. Him. He was perfectly still. I was like, he's dead. There he is. He's right. Dead. That's great. Yeah. So I mean, that was my, so okay. All right. So I mean, I've always had a problem with seeing the doppelganger independent of like Bob. Seeing Bob independent of the doppelganger, um, because there because we have this. We almost have this like kind of like lodge like spirit war between Bob. 
Jeffries and Mike. I mean, those are just the three that like. Yeah, they're all going for the Hellgate or the Precious or whatever the coordinates are to the White Lodge to set off a nuclear bomb on it or something. Something they're all trying to. They all want something. Like that's what Cooper said in episode two. That he wants. He doesn't need. He, he wants, wants and whatever it is that symbol on that card is is exactly that. It's a symbol of something that he wants or whatever. We and we don't know what it is. I think we're gonna get some answers to that. I don't think we're gonna get definitive answers, but Yeah, I, I think we will get an answer to that, yeah. what that means. But it's so I mean it's so, so intriguing. Especially if Mike is is around. I would love You would think what that is is like maybe even like he was looking for Jeffries. Like that could be the Jeffries symbol in a way. Well yeah. This, he says like I'm looking for this, he's looking for the guy trying to kill him, which is Philip Jeffries, right? Right. So, or but it's presumed. But we just, the one thing about Jeffries, it's still so vague about Jeffries, is that we know that he was a former FBI agent. We know that he's been, he's been to one of their meetings and, you know, he's been able to kind of like teleport between at least Buenos Aires and Philadelphia or whatever. But we, we don't know that he's been like possessed by anyone. We don't, we don't have enough to go on with that. Um, There's certainly implications of that, but, um, that, that's, we don't know who his inhabitant is. We don't know, yeah. We, we, you know, we don't know who but that is. Mike, that so. would be pretty fucking cool. The one thing that we do know that, that we know that the actor who played that, who's listed in the credits in Firewalk with me, is the jumping man. And he was the one wearing that mask with the pointed nose and the mm. talisman. Is he in this? He, the actor who plays him is listed on the cast list. Oh, yeah, all right. So yeah. now whether he's playing that character or not, we don't know. But it would be very interesting if that character showed up again because... I mean, um, I think he, like, here, here, okay, here's another, like, well, this will kind of ruin my theory of Mike or whatever, but um, it's possible he was wearing the same red suit that the little man was wearing. I mean, the exact it same red suit. It did look very similar, didn't it? Right. So, I mean, but he had like a tie could, or something was buttoned up. He it looked a little, it wasn't. Well, my, little Mike had little, the little man had little a, tie a tie yeah. in Firewalk with me, but any, at every other point before that, he never wore a tie. So he right. Lynch just added that touch or whatever. But that jumping man was in a red suit with a tie. And you could even make the, you can even speculate possibly that, well, maybe that's Mike, you know? That would be cool. Yeah. So I like that guy. Yeah. I hope he brings his mask with him because it's really pointy. And very weird. Right. And people sent that symbol of moving the mask back and forth. We saw Laura doing it in episode two when she shows her, her white light face. You see it, you know, multiple times in far right. with me. So we'll see if that Before we go, time. real quick, just, yeah, just uh, final, final answer me this. Um, do you think we will see a monkey and or Judy in the... Ah, uh, yeah, I really, I think so. Yes, I think that we are going to definitely see Judy. In some incarnation, whether it's, you know, Josie Packard's uh, twin or or it's going to be um, uh, the the monkey that whispers Judy in or behind the mask in Firewalk with me. You know, the, the Garma Bazia, you right. know, who might be, you know, some, you know, alien. Some of these things do lead back to potential alien. I'm not sure if they're ever going to go that way. But really, in, in the grand scheme, that's all semantics. Like, these Black Lodge creatures are aliens, as they are, as right. they're... They're not human, and they're not from our right. planet. So whether they're from another planet in our universe or they're from another dimension, they're aliens. So, you know, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I do think we're going to see Judy again, and I think we're going to see uh, maybe not the alien, but Judy for sure. So no monkey then, or monkey yes. Well, yeah, the alien is the monkey, so that's what I mean. Is I think the, okay. I think the alien, the monkey alien... And Firewalk with Me kind of reminded me a little of the box monster. I think that might be the similar kind of, like, they're the, the unfiltered 
demon. Like I thought that the box monster kind of had that jabbering jaw like Bob when (laughs) Bob would freak out. But instead of Bob, you know, lusting over, using that jaw to lick all of his female victims and rape them, this guy was the unfiltered Bob who was just this jabbering beast. So I think that maybe the, the alien could be something like what the box monster is. Right. Um, well, the box monster certainly had like alien qualities more so than anything yeah. else we've ever seen. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, that really kind of, ma- it really, really matched up with the frost Jackie Gleason Nixon story. It seemed very similar. And there was also in the secret history. I mean, other than that scene with Jackie Gleason and that alien, there were numerous references to other different types of aliens in addition to giants and dwarfs. Right. I mean, he really uh, talked yeah. about a lot of different, like you know. And didn't the uh, Nez Perce also have some sort of, uh, yeah, you know, mytholo- mytho- mythology with a giant and a dwarf? I think so. Yeah. And yeah. then I think there was a scene where, or not a scene, but a, 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 a story where. Um, little Andrew Packard, little Andy Packard, when his troop like was near Glastonbury Grove, they had some strange sightings or whatever, and he saw like a giant like in in the woods or whatever. Um, and that's make makes me think that like that the that place in Glastonbury Grove is like is both the Black and the White Lodge, and depending on a certain time or space or what have you, um, you either see one or the other. You know, they're 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 not the same. They're different, but they reside in the same like space. Um, Maybe they're doing that whole King Arthur thing. It's like the sword and the stone. Like the only the one that was the true like destined king was able to pull that sword from the stone. That it was pure of heart. You right. know what I mean? If, if the Windermers of the world go in there and they're annihilated, but that Cooper was our hope, and that he didn't pull the sword out of the stone the first time. Maybe he can pull it out the end. That's, that's my, you know that final you know. thought here. Uh, you know what better way of, of any? I think that's that's perfect. That's oh, great. Well, we'll end on my final note. I, well, I do like that a lot, very much. Fantastic. So. Well, stick around uh, for next week's episode. Uh, but uh, we're done for now. Thanks for ta- listening to all of our conspiracy theories. See you next time.